0: Hello Amy Sorry, that was me trying to mimic your acoustics in your microphone. Oh,
1: thanks. Not not my voice. Just like no, it.
0: hello. No, your voice. Your voice solely made of burping. If that was the case.
1: Oh yeah, I did a little burp before we started recording, and Brett had to stop and then start again. It was unintentional. I'm, I'm not in the best state, am I, mate?
0: No. Um. And at least you didn't do the whole alphabet or something. Something really oh, childish.
1: No. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. I only actually. I only burped because I actually was uncomfortable and needed to release some gas. Nah, that's it's fine, like, that's fine. But even, what does my mum say? Even the Queen goes to the toilet, you know.
0: Uh, well, I don't know if she probably does nowadays.
1: <laughs> She's only got COVID.
0: Well, uh, no, I wasn't suggesting her particular illness or the fact that she might die soon. Um, although that would be nice. Oh, God, I can't believe I just said that. You can't um, believe you just said that. I don't like the monarchy. Um, uh, we know. Yeah. Uh, I, I meant more just generally her age and perhaps she doesn't go to the toilet. She probably has a commode next to her bed.
1: Maybe she does. Maybe she does.
0: I don't. I don't really know about the Queen's ability to defecate.
1: No, me neither. But I don't really want to think about it too much. Anyway,
0: no. Um, you're obviously a bit delicate today.
1: I'm a little bit delicate. Let's today, yeah. let's
0: explain or explore, I should say. Sorry.
1: Explore? Do we really need to?
0: Yeah, I would like to know why you're feeling delicate today.
1: Because um, I consumed a little bit too much alcohol. Oh, no, oh
0: no! Shock horror! Fit Pro drinks Shock, alcohol. I
1: know. Shocking and eats loads of cake and chicken nuggets. Yeah yeah no i had um it was my best friend's birthday earlier in the week so we had a little we had a little get together we threw a little surprise party um and we literally had a kid's surprise party so we had all kiddie party foods we had um we had a colin the caterpillar nice. we had a was it was um, it was it, sorry
0: just just revert back on that was it a colin or was it yes. a variant of a good no it uh, was a colin authentic. it's
1: very cheap did you know they're only seven quid I thought that was very cheap for an actual Colin. I would have thought after all this palaver, they could have charged at least a tenner for a Colin. Mm, I, I
0: don't think it's cheap. Um, I know you can probably get a... Uh, I can't think of another name we've given with C right now. Cuthbert. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, or a Cuthbert, the caterpillar, for like four quid or something. So mm,
1: Well, anyway, I thought it was quite reasonable. So we had that. We had chicken nuggets. We had um, curly fries. We had doritos we yeah we had a lot of like party food we had mini pizzas we had dough balls we had a lot of like kiddie party food and then we went out dancing um but coupled with the kiddie party food there was a lot of prosecco and a lot of uh, vodka so yeah i was good.
0: i was assuming it wasn't the processed food that was giving you the hungover feeling
1: um i think it probably added to it if i'm honest um don't feel too don't feel too great um but yeah that that alcohol and the, to be honest it's the lack of sleep i think i only got about four hours sleep so that that more than anything when you're over 30 that just kicks a bit differently so yeah
0: yeah yeah i um, yeah. i always find the lack of sleep is the worst thing about most things i ever do yeah i think i said this about the stag deal went on in that it was the lack of sleep more than the um alcohol that made me yeah. feel a bit rough
1: Yeah, it was definitely the alcohol this morning. But then as it's as the day's gone on, it's been the lack of sleep. But do you know what? I haven't done it in a very long time. It was very good fun. It was nice to be out and about and dancing again. Lovely group of girls celebrated my friend's birthday. And it was, uh, yeah, that's me done for a while.
0: Mm. Well, that sounds very adult like, very sensible
1: Thank you. Um, how are you? How was Anfield, mate?
0: Um, Anfield was delightful. Um, it's actually been a while since I've been. I, I was saying to the person I went with, I said, actually, um, well, clearly with the pandemic and not living around the corner, it's not easy to go to. Um, mm. As in, obviously, n- no one being able to go for a while and also being far away and just the general trauma of being in a pandemic. But um, also, I think I hadn't been for a couple of years before. It's just notoriously hard to get tickets, unlike at mm. the um, Yeti had so we dig 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 um no seriously though it's just incredibly hard to get tickets so um that no, was nice to yeah. go uh the stadium has developed quite a lot it's very different than last time i went that's what that's the mm. thing because um for those that uh are probably uninterested but also don't know they bought up loads of the kind of terraced housing around Anfield is set in a residential area and they bought up loads of terraced houses and knocked no down and they've started to develop the area around it but they've also developed like one stand since i've been there which just looks phenomenal um and they were then starting on the Anfield Roads end. So
1: mm. yes.
0: It was nice to go in and obviously, although it took us six hours to fucking drive there from Norwich. Um Ooh. yeah, a bit of a bummer. Uh what what's more annoying is so um I left my house at half past seven to pick my mate up who I was going with. Uh picked him up about quarter to eight. Mm. Um we were going kind of the A seventeen route, which kind of takes you up through past the peaks and peak district and through like the pennine bits there. And a yeah. um, couple of accidents, not ideal. Snowed, everywhere was white, snow everywhere. I think, no, this is fucking not ideal either. Um, yeah. And then when we got there, the usual park and ride, but I haven't been in a while, but park and ride outside the city, which is usually the easiest, most convenient way of getting to the ground. Uh, hadn't been there for two years, apparently. So <laughs> turned up and said, excuse me, where's the park and ride? Because there's a sign there still for it. But um, this looks more like an Amazon Prime or an Amazon like courier delivery. So, yeah, it's now a delivery centre. It's not a... I was like, oh. Brilliant. Um, okay, and obviously, oh, I didn't want to risk going in driving kind of closer to the ground. And follow. Another thing about anyone that's ever been to a Liverpool game is there's loads of Scallies around, right? Um, the Scallies tend to, um, like, when I say Scallies, I don't mean just generally Liverpool, which clearly is actually also Drew, but I just meant kind of like Scallies around in like high-vis jackets trying to direct you into their cul-de-sacs because they want to charge you to park outside their house. Like, on the road, like, obviously on... Public land on cancel property, type thing. So it's kind of like, mm, not sure you can do this. Unfortunately, you don't really have a lot of choice because if you don't do that and you decide to leave your car there, you probably won't have any wheels when you get back. So
1: mm, that's very stereotypical. Uh, that's you stereotyping. I'm a scouser, from clearly,
0: from my accent, so I'm allowed.
1: I don't think you're a scouser. It's
0: well, not a Well, you yeah, know, I don't have a scouse accent, but yeah. there is a reason why I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Obviously, and then if you have got say, loads of car parks around you can go to, but they're notoriously again difficult to get in and out of. Like, you get in, you get stuck in, like, literally um, bumper to bumper in, like a gravel car park type thing. And then you've got to spend five hours trying to get out afterwards. So, oh, in the yeah. end, I just abandoned it on the road, the car near the park where we were, and walked three and a half miles <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> so, oh, no. fantastic. But good news is, is um didn't have to worry about any activity for that day, did I? Yeah. You now, if I was worried about if well, if I if I was one of those people that would have been worried about, oh my god, I'm sat in a car for eleven hours of today. What am I going to do for exercise? Um, I didn't have to worry about that.
1: So... Yeah, and it's, as long as it's not raining, it's a nice day. You get caught up in the atmosphere of live sport as well with the crowd yeah. as they're going into the into that, the ground. That's that part of right. it.
0: Yeah, that was all right. So no, it's it's great. Um, I'm just glad they won because obviously it's a bit annoying driving six hours there, five hours back, and uh, losing to obviously the budgies, which wouldn't have been a great result. So especially when they did go 1-0 down after 46 minutes. Mm. Oh
1: okay. Well, you won, so.
0: We did. We did. I can't say the same about Man City though, can we? That made my drive home quite delightful as
1: well. I haven't. I just don't follow it anymore, which is unfortunate. <laughs> I used to do a lot more when I have time, but um, no, I just don't. I that, don't really follow it too that, much anymore. That wasn't
0: that wasn't so much of a spiteful dig, to be honest. That was more of a case because actually, I don't hate Man City money stretch. In fact, I quite like the rivalry the two teams have built up a little bit. There's a bit mm. of respectful rivalry for the most part, especially between the managers. There are anyway. It seems like they quite respect each other, and that it's quite a friendly or a good friendly rivalry. But clearly. I want to win the league. So it's nice to see the team that's most likely to win the league lose till we actually have a chance. So.
1: Yeah, I get that. And that's the purpose of the sport. I yes. just love live sport. Live sport is just brilliant. You can't beat it. I'm going to watch live sport, it's just the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Watching people with that talent just do what they do. Like, whatever you say about football in terms of like, how much money is pumped into it and, you know, the media and overpriced tickets and footballers in general. Like there is something really, really exciting about going to watch live sport football matches.
0: Mm. Yep. I, I concur. Did you, um, do you, do you follow boxing? Or did you watch any of the boxing?
1: No, not for me, mate. Sorry.
0: No. Okay. Obviously with had Kelbrook and Amir Khan. Interesting fight.
1: I think my Jack was talking about it earlier, but yeah no, not mm-hmm. not one for me. That's what you can have. Have that one with Johnny next week if it's still relevant. <laughs> nah, not so much. Not so much.
0: <laughs> um, what else has been going down in your land then, Young Amy? Um, how, how's not... how how storm storm Eunice sort of storm Eunice?
1: We didn't really suffer too much to be honest. The gym closed early actually. There was a few little power cuts and stuff. It was quite because we're in a warehouse unit, our gym where um, that I work out of. Um so yeah it was a bit blowy we couldn't have the shutters open which we usually do um but yeah the the power kept going on and off so um yeah it was a bit blowy we closed early but to be honest i was a, i i just had one client who i couldn't go and visit and i was at home and it was a little bit blowy stortford wasn't too bad stansfield was really bad i think and Dummo. there are a few like garage roofs that've gone but um and like in the a lot of the back roads a lot of like the country roads there are a few trees over but um, yeah, nothing nothing catastrophic, um, thankfully. What about yourself?
0: Um mostly okay. I did have um a rather expensive pergola end up in next door neighbour's garden, which is <laughs> quite frustrating um they must have
1: been pleased about that they inherited uh, an expensive pergola. well
0: lucky enough um my wife told me to say you never guess what i said what she said, the bloody pergola is in next door nobes garden she's come knocked on our door i was like what i said oh has it gone through the fence then she went no the fence is fine i was like how the fuck is this gone through the fence bear in mind like the thing i'm not joking when i say or exaggerate when i say the thing is easily 300 kilos plus wow
1: and I'm, and, I'm, and
0: I'm like i have no idea how this wind has actually been strong enough to push it through because obviously it was windy clearly um yeah but not to a point where you think, like, I even, it's got sides on it. I even put, like, rolled the sides up to think, All right, okay, that'll be enough to let the wind pass through. Nothing should really have be been a problem. Um, clearly, it, I should have opened the slats at the top of the roof because um, that has obviously been the difference of it just catching a wind or something. I can only assume, it'd been interesting to see what actually happened, but I can only assume, like, the wind's kind of tipped it a bit and it's kind of, like, leant against the back fence and then perhaps just caught the wind that's, like, gone over like a parachute almost, just whoosh, the yeah. roof had just taken over. Um, so it'd be interesting to see it. Lucky enough, didn't damage anything in terms of, um, like, anyone, <laughs> which yeah. was a good start. Like, she has got a dog, and I thought, God, what if the dog would have been in the garden? Ooh, that'd have been horrible. Um, if it had gone over the other fence, the other side, because our, our pergola is in our patio, which is in, like, the corner of our garden. If it had gone over mm-hmm. the other side instead of that side, there's two cars parked on the driveway that side, so that would have been a bit disappointing. Oh, um, so, yeah, I am one pergola down, which, annoyingly, I paid quite a lot of money for it last summer and barely used it, so... That 's a bit of a bummer yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, well oh, what well, I like and and this is something that I teach my clients when they have um certain circumstances happen where they don 't feel particularly positive about it, reframing i 've tried to reframe this thing in my mind to say, well, okay, I may have lost some money, however, worse things could have happened like smashing people 's cars up or someone God forbid getting hurt or going through someone 's house type thing, and it does it does actually make me feel a little bit better,
1: yeah, of course, of course, like it is. It is just stuff at the end of the day, isn't it? And at least, like mm. you say, no one was hurt.
0: The the concept of reframes a funny one sometimes because I I sometimes think like it's kind of like oh it could be worse like there is an element of saying that is like a really undermining to someone's feelings. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, I say this to people a lot. Um, I say this to clients a lot, actually. Um, sometimes they can keep, be. Sometimes I think we've we've got in a habit of trying to be too positive or trying to reframe things a little bit too much. And I think it's, we almost nullify our own feelings. I know I've been guilty of this a lot of trying to look on the positive side. I did it a lot during COVID when I'd lost my job and was, you know, working in a supermarket, um, trying to stay positive and keep things and keep, um, you know, a brave face on and actually nullified a lot of the feelings I was, I was feeling. Um, cause sometimes things are just shit they really are just shit and it's important to sit with that and understand how how things do make you feel um you know we've uh, we did we did some work didn't we when we met at the um coaches clinic about the feelings wheel and actually thinking about your emotions and where you do actually sit on that and i think i don't think we really as individuals maybe tap into that enough
0: no no I, I, I've always struggled a little bit with clients Some, well I'll say I've always struggled I've always had a little niggle in the back about how much I push the reframing aspect to help people and how, pod, how helpful it is mm. versus that, that that what we just spoke about in that kind of undermining of feelings or invalidating almost people's feelings like it's like no you shouldn't feel that way because there's always starving kids in Africa you know that type of thing <laughs> oh I'm sorry but you know that doesn't mean that someone doesn't feel shit because there's always someone potentially in the world that has something worse Mm, so yeah. it, is, it is a difficult one but I, I i also do find that just kind of general positive mental behavior attitude whatever you want to call it um pma or this kind of reframe to something more positive is usually helpful to a point i think finding the balance is the the point and i don't really have a magic trick to find a balance actually
1: no i, I, think, I think
0: i think maybe sorry i was just just perhaps i was just thinking it's kind of I don't know, perhaps just acknowledging your feelings and acknowledging that, yes, it's okay to feel that way and kind of feeling that way, but with some perspective, as in that reframing part. And then that perhaps allows you to just, you know, still feel them, but not have that real dire impact of, oh my God, the world's the worst thing ever.
1: I think um, curiosity is really important around your feelings. So you can have a, um, we can we can all be guilty of being a bit reactive let's say to our emotions um and like you know really responding straight away whereas I think being curious about why you feel the way you feel why that was your initial response because sometimes that's not actually a true representation of how you do feel about something your first response um so it's it's recognizing that being a bit curious asking yourself questions being reflective Um, And then like working through what you do actually think about it or how you do actually feel about it. Um, Talking helps. Talking always helps. This is this is very much like counselling and therapy and things like that. That's what that's what that is really, just working through the why and why you feel these these ways about things. And there's elements of that in coaching all the time.
0: For sure, almost every week. In fact, it's, <laughs> it's um no, not almost actually. Every week, almost yeah. Like well, almost every day it, actually. Yeah. To
1: be honest, yeah. actually it's really funny at the gym. Um, I was talking to one of the other PTs about um, he's not he's not a hugger at all. Like I'm quite a bit of a hugger. Uh, he's not a hugger, and um we were chatting about like um clients and stuff, and I said, oh yeah, I get at least two clients cry on me a week. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I get at least two clients, clients cry. Oh, hey, bloke, mm. what do you talk about? And I was like, well, it's just a safe space, isn't it? That's because like, I, you- I
0: went, you fat bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give me three more. Um, <sighs> yeah, like I said, well, it's just a safe space for them. Like I'm I'm close to all of my clients. We've got strong relationships. So, you know, I that hour is that hour for them. So I'm asking them how they're thinking, how they're feeling, what, how they why they had the argument with their husband or how they feel about their kids going to uni and stuff like that I said we talk about this kind of stuff he was like, oh my god I don't know what I do if one of my clients cried on me I was like well you know these things are important it's important to know that about someone and delve into that and just see when you're working with someone that closely you're seeing them for one hour a, a week two hours a week sometimes three hours a week you get to know them and you need to know what makes them tick so you know and you have you don't turn up to the gym every day or have a perfect week of nutrition every week and then you're like you don't turn up to the gym every day like skipping you carry a lot with you so i think it's important to note as for pts to know what headspace your clients are in as well
0: sure because you can actually also like a bit more i guess in your realm of a one-to-one face-to-face type pt stuff where you can obviously get to adapt your sessions a little bit based on what someone's um current outlook is let's call it that in terms yeah, of yeah hundred percent if someone comes in and they're clearly not in a very good space you call her a fat bitch and demand them three more burpees <laughs> is probably <laughs> the right thing to do
1: for example i've got one client at the moment whose um mom is in an end-of-life care home uh i see her twice a week so you know pt for her at the moment it's a necessary routine to keep her in a good headspace um we chat a lot about what's going on am I going to be pushing her to do a one rep max deadlift absolutely not you know like if she comes in one day and maybe she's had a a, like I see I think I see a month I see a Monday and Friday so if if I see her on a Friday and she's had a full week of work and had to deal with stuff with her family you know I might have to actually adapt that session and it's it's that kind of reactive coaching and understanding that side of emotions. Um, sometimes I have to be more tuned into my clients' emotions than they are. Or sometimes I'll start a session and actually halfway through, I have to be like, are you OK? Something's not going right here. <laughs> is there anything you actually want to talk about? Or like, it's because you can you can tell from from where they're moving, where their heads are. And it's really important to not be scared about actually asking those questions about some, like how somebody is feeling. It doesn't mean they can verbalise that all the time. Um, like we just said, sometimes people actually don't know and can't communicate how they're feeling. Um, good and bad is enough for some people or happy or sad or you know they can't actually delve into it any more than that. But yeah, so you've got to have an idea for sure. I think the best coaches all, all would appreciate that. He's on mute. Sorry, did you watch the
0: Super Bowl? <laughs> Or should I say, probably? Did you watch the mid-halftime show? Because let's be honest, no one did. I about watch it, the halftime role. show.
1: Well, I absolutely bloody loved it.
0: Did you? Uh, t- did well? I suppose it'd be even better if you had kids, because when you have kids, that's when you can really embarrass them. Especially if you've got slightly older kids. That obviously are a bit more wear than my two, but you can start turning into that really—I don't know how to explain it—but obviously kind of like over-dramatic gangster rap <laughs> white woman. That, I was well into it. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's like, yeah, these are my these are my yeah. folk type thing, and uh, your kids are sitting there going, "What the fuck is wrong with my yeah. parents?" <laughs>
1: yeah, that makes um. That's like twenty years ago for me, though. That that that's crazy. That's know, crazy for me. I loved all the tweets that were coming I, out I, after it, like millennials are just about getting ready for bed as this, you know, and stuff like that. Now, like it was just so good, so good. Loved it.
0: I um. I remember the first time I heard Eminem was on. Um, it would have been on what rap show was it? Uh, oh fuck! What's his name? Who's the white dude on Radio One?
1: White? D- oh, um,
0: Tim. 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 Uh, Tim. Tim, Tim, yes. Tim. Do you know what I mean? He he was famous for going like, uh, slap I, it. No, wrap it up before you I slap know it exactly up.
1: Exactly who you mean? I can picture him in my head.
0: Fuck! Why can't I think of his name? Anyway, I'll to Google to me. it. But uh, he 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 used to do a late night rap show on on Radio One. And I used to record it on my cassette player. I remember the first he used to do like a, you know, the Tim like Westwood tape stuff and I remember Tim Westwood, thank you. And um listen to that. I remember like Hyman Is came on and I was like, This is fucking cool and obviously I'd expect to see some black dude, but obviously when I when I remember when I first I I must have been easily fourteen, maybe, fifteen at best, but probably around fourteen and um so obviously it was about ten years ago, whatever that works out as so um jokes, buds, buds, buds. Um yeah, but when I, when I found out, obviously, it's some white dude. I was like, bloody hell. But yeah, big fan of Eminem. Well, big fan of all of them, yeah. to be fair. Let's be honest. Who doesn't like Dre? I mean, more of a fan of Eminem yeah. than, than the other lot.
1: Dr. Dre um, looked really good, I, I thought. I thought he looked wicked. He looked like he, Walter now. And Eminem, he like... He did. Woof. Eminem looked fit.
0: This is, um, this is a nice segue, actually, because what did you think of 50 Cent? I thought cent? that
1: 50 Cent had put on a little bit of weight. That was my honest mm. opinion. But I also thought... Okay, how old is he now? He must be, like, pushing 50. He's in the acting world now. I was like, okay. You know, I actually thought he looked a bit short. I don't know how tall he is. But I was like, oh, they were my initial first thoughts. I was like, oh, he's part of a little bit of weight. And he's always a lot shorter than I realised. That was it.
0: Hmm. Oh, 50 cent. Let me just, I was going to go on his Wikipedia page and find out. He is yeah. 46. So, you know, not far off 50. Doesn't say how tall he is. I'm afraid. Um, I'm sure it probably does somewhere, um, but doesn't say right on here. Um, so yeah, 46. I so the reason I brought that up is because um, I kind of fit. I thought a little bit. I thought, oh, maybe he does look like he's put on a little bit of weight um, as a, as an initial reaction. But I've what what has astounded me since is that the entire fitness industry seems to have have gone on about how much weight mm. he's put on and Obviously, like, uh, like, feels like it's okay to comment about him. Now, I know that sounds a bit crazy. You're a celebrity in public eye, of course, people gonna talk about I, I get that. What I think that's standing me the most is that it's almost like people have forgotten what fitness is, as in, like, look, should everyone be like washboard abs? Like, but bear in mind, obviously, 20 years ago, wherever long it was when he first brought out, um, in fact, I'm gonna go look on his Wikipedia page 2002. So, it is obviously I'm on his Wikipedia page 2002.
1: It's 20 years ago.
0: Right. So it's 20 years ago. So spot on. Is he supposed to look like he was when he was 26? No,
1: absolutely not. And that's the thing. Like He's singing the same song that he was 20 years ago, but he looks very different. But because the music is still... I don't really want to say relevant, because obviously it's generational, but there's kids nowadays that will listen to those songs. He's the rapper, and they will... people. I think... There's almost an expectation that he will look the same that he did 20 years ago, which is absolutely rubbish. I don't know anybody that looks the same well, as they did 20 years ago.
0: Do do look at Mike Tyson and go, Mike, you look like you're quite as <laughs> good as you were when you were fighting me? If
1: anyone dared, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I think
1: um, I think it's a big gaping hole in the fitness industry that we need to be better at is actually just appreciating the and acknowledging and making the aging process easier for men and women, like rather than focusing on fighting it all the time, um, because it's you know, it's the one thing that's bound to happen to everybody. Is we're going to age and mm-hmm. degenerate, and there, with that comes certain things that happen to the body through no fault of your own. Even even if you're in the best nick possible, you know there are certain lifestyle behaviours that you go through. Certain you know points in your life, for example, like having kids, um, maybe retiring, maybe you are illness or poor health, and they will have an impact on your body and physical form. And it's just not like menopause, for example, for the for the women is the one that screams out. I mean it's getting a lot better. But again, that might just be my own echo chamber. But these things are just we have to be better about this in the fitness industry. We really do.
0: Hmm. I think what I say, I guess when I said about earlier about oh, we've kind of lost what the idea of fitness is. I, I looked at him and thought he does look obviously bigger than than obviously you would expect it. But then like when you think about it, he's twenty years older, he's forty six kind of, I guess, natural ageing, you would expect there, there to be an element of that anyway. But I never even looked at him and thought, Kai looks fat. And obviously people are f- almost fat-shaming about it. I think mm. this is ridiculous. Like, when are people's kind of expectations or ideals so fucking misaligned to to reality that they're looking at him going, Kai's really fat, isn't he? Yeah. Like, to a point where there's, like, articles all over... Like, if you Google, like, 50 Cent Super Bowl, all the things that come up are fat-shaming, 50 Cent put on weight, all these kind of related mm. to the, that topic. I think... Is there not anything else we should be yeah. talking about, really, than fifty cent and put on a you know ten yeah. pounds or
1: something? It's the same with athletes. When you see um, like athletes that are maybe get a bit older and they go into a different side of sports, So maybe they go into like coaching or managing, or or they just retire because you know they're not at peak peak fitness anymore, and they maybe change a change their body shape and stuff, and they're shamed as well for it, just because it was what they did once in their life. You know we. Um, you have your your body has a function for what it's trying to do at that time um and as you get older it changes i just i don't think Mm -hmm. i i honestly don't think i can't see ever see a time where we're not going to fat shame people and i think it's disgusting but i say i think it's just always going to be there unfortunately
0: what do you um what do you think can you see my screen what do you think of this so this is a picture of 50 cent in a mail, mail, a daily mail article which i really like because it's titled uh, 50 cent hits back and uh, it's basically him saying you you fat shade only applies when you're ashamed of your fat so they yeah. play, play 50 but when you put when you put it though so he doesn't he doesn't in fact he still looks pretty jacked okay he's not absolutely shredded but he still looks pretty jacked i can't jacked, see
1: mate we're we're currently having a we're currently having see? a cocktail in a tiki bar on skype to be honest i can't see anything
0: oh okay that's all right let me just i thought you'd be able to see see the, the, the ones of skype and other share basically there's a picture in the mail of him and one i think he looks a bit heavier than obviously one 20 years ago but he just looks like jacked on this one and obviously not shredded but jacked but i'd never look at him and think <laughs> he looks really fat um like genuinely i mean that i'd never think of that um actually for 40s yeah he looks a pretty in all right shape actually he looks pretty hench um He's never going to look like he did when he's twenty six. Like I'm, no one does, do they? Who looks who looks the same at forty six when they did twenty six? Like yeah. almost nobody.
1: I love that oh, I've just got this article. That that's how long it took me to find that. Like not even ten seconds. Fat shaming only applies when you're ashamed of your fat. It's so true. It's so true. He he's not. He hasn't. His shape has definitely changed. But yeah, he is. He's jacked. He's massive.
0: Yeah. I I would actually say he looks like he's been bulking.
1: Yeah, hugely.
0: Like, as in, like, a lot of us will look very different when we bulk because, obviously, we accumulate body fat when we bulk, as well as, obviously, hopefully some muscle tissue. So your shape will change compared to when you're a lot leaner. Did did
1: anyone... um, So, Was there anything said about Mary J. Blige?
0: I haven't seen or heard anything. That doesn't mean it hasn't been said, clearly. But, obviously, I... I scouted a few things to talk about this week, so I thought I'm good. there's a few I want to see what's basically what's happening in the internet this week to see kind of a few topics that might be worth discussing. And obviously, this was one that seemed to just stick out because there was loads of stuff from different people in the fitness industry that I um, obviously connected with, or people share like even my, from my kind of general pop um, friends that aren't in the fitness industry that clearly just watch Super Bowl like the rest of us, and um, they'd all made similar comments. I was like, "Fucking hell! Like, when has this actually become a thing that someone's really pointing out some dude that actually doesn't even look that mm. that fat?" and and it's become some big talking point so no i haven't seen anything about mary j um at all i just wondered because it's just very
1: unusual that it's actually a man that's the source of the fat shaming as opposed to a woman and i thought mary j blige looks incredible absolutely incredible um but again it's just usually the woman that's the target that's all
0: i don't i see i don't know i I, obviously I, i i can't I can only give my experience because obviously never done any research in this type of thing. But I tend to think more of men being fat shamed in celebrity land than women because you get like your oh, Channing Tatum. If I can look at the size of him now, look at him. We were, we, we like, kid- I imagine, what, was. He? I can't believe was- you said
1: that. Are you kidding? You walk past any kind of no. magazine or glossy magazine, and it's yeah, it might not be as bad as it used to be, but you talk like five, no, 10 years no, but ago.
0: you 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 walk past the glossy magazine and. Well, I, obviously I don't look at, as when you say glossy, I assume you mean those oh, shit. Oh, like Heat, Closer, like, like, you know,
1: all those kind of magazines. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't look at those. But all I was thinking is like most of the time when I see stuff, and perhaps it's again what I'm looking out for, what has just kind of piques my interest more than maybe I don't give a shit about women putting on weight. But um, I was more thinking like I always hear stories about him, like Aquaman or whatever, Jason Momoa, um, those sorts of guys, rather than I hear so much about women. It's interesting, actually, isn't it? How people's perspectives and rhetorics mm. or narratives change based on who you are and stuff. Oh, and yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, no, um Yeah, it's, I'm not saying that I don't see that stuff, but I definitely don't see it as much as I see the female stuff. You know, got like um yeah. photos of like paparazzi papping celebrities on the beach in their bikinis like oh so-and-so's let themselves go or so-and-so flaunts flaunts body or flaunts curves and like it's all these kind of descriptive imagery about women in bikinis when that they're looking you know fulfilling society's ideal and then when they're maybe not fulfilling society's ideal it's oh so and so lets it all hang out on the beach on holiday and it's the real like the language is just absolutely stark in comparison i definitely don't i mean i would go out on a limb to put money on it that i definitely don't think it's as um as focused on men as it is on women
0: in those magazines maybe that women. yeah
1: maybe maybe
0: See, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the... I, I felt like the tide or culture was changing slightly where it's more supportive of women and perhaps men are taking the, the beating so much, whereas you see a bit more like fat acceptance or that type of thing yeah. nowadays, but...
1: It's, it's interesting. I think it's really interesting. I don't... I, I still... The whole principle of it, we just need to get away from. We need to get away from thinking that it's okay to comment on other people's bodies, particularly with mm. ageing.
0: I was just... Uh, i just googled closer online and um the latest articles uh holly willoughby's dancing ice dresses where to buy them alison hammond this morning outfits and high street dupes um i about i don't even know Carl woods is Carl woods breaks silence after charge with threatening abuse of ever don't know who you are uh tommy Mallett, who is the tally star chloe sims sends fans wild gorgeous hair transformation holly willoughby's 25 pound jumper in black
1: it's a lot of so, fashion uh,
0: there is a lot of please. fashion. Uh, George, Georgie Porter. Losing quads was so painful, but I can't wait to be a mum. <laughs> Eight times, Shauna Phillips was a self-advocating badass. See, so
1: not a lot of fat shame but going I think on there. because they've been told to do better.
0: Um, well, maybe. And uh, obviously, it's a good thing. I'm not. I'm certainly not complaining. Why, where's all the fucking fat shame? I can't believe it.
1: This is good. I like something. this. I like to be proved wrong, you know, especially in this realm, for sure. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just having a look and closer as well in terms of like um diet and fitness and health and fitness. I mean it's still a lot of crap information out there, but yeah, there's uh there's not a lot of as it was. Which is good.
0: Um It is good. Um what do you think about making broccoli taste better?
1: Making broccoli taste better. <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Just what, what do you think of when I ask you uh, that question?
1: putting salt on it because my boyfriend puts salt on all his vegetables but i think if you cook it properly you shouldn't it tastes great anyway as long as you don't have it to a mush
0: right okay uh just another thing i came across the internet this week just thought it's interesting someone asked a question in, a, in i can't remember what group it was but a group that i'm in how do i make broccoli taste better and it just sparked up a few kind of feelings reflections on oh, my part Oh,
1: okay talk me through them
0: well, what, uh, that's why I asked, like, what are your reflections? I kind of want to see kind of what it's sparked um, in your mind. First but... of
1: all, pay attention to how you're cooking it. If you're cooking it and it's not tasting of anything, I would I would probably say that you're cooking it not the right way or not the best way to actually maintain the integrity and the taste of the, of the food. And that goes for any food, never mind mm-hmm. just broccoli. Um seasoning i would always go for seasoning like a little bit of salt and pepper does help to bring out the flavor and then what do you actually like out of a food anyway to bring out the taste so the best broccoli i've ever had is in an italian restaurant and it's chili and garlic and you have chili and garlic and flaked almonds on the top and it's delicious but again pan fried in loads of oil so fat usually adds a lot of flavor as well and it's absolutely lovely but um i don't cook like that every single day in my in my day-to-day life but yeah um
0: do you want to know what yeah, came to my do. mind? Why are you fucking eating broccoli True, if you don't like I it? I agree. That's what came to my mind. I was thinking, oh, this is quite interesting, actually. How like people f- kind of, I just you know, it could resonate with the individual thinking, oh, I've got to eat healthily. Oh, I must eat broccoli because broccoli's healthy. Please, everyone, help me. How do I get broccoli to taste fine? It's like, well, first off, if you don't like broccoli, don't fucking eat it. Find a different vegetable. Like, how difficult could it be? And I, obviously, I for anyone listening, I don't talk to my clients like this okay everyone's wondering if someone one of my clients asked me about eating broccoli I don't go just don't fucking eat the broccoli um I'm doing it for the comedy value of the podcast otherwise it'd be really boring um so that's one thing I was thinking i well just don't eat it but I mean yeah, absolutely I think there's 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 a ton of ways you could make broccoli taste a lot better cover it in butter Buddha. you know like seasonings you know uh, there's a there's a million ways you could do really but that was kind of my initial thoughts like well it's interesting how people feel like they have to eat certain foods and i actually feel like this is half of the problem with the kind of again the fitness industry that we're clearly not doing a good enough job to be kind of have that inclusive um culture and i mean inclusive culture in terms of like you know you don't have to be this ideal stereotype of a fitness person to be healthy that's just you know because you know what yeah. even is that You know, you, you, should, you don't have to eat broccoli to be to be fitness type thing
1: is that the goal though so is the um, goal, like to be fitness or is the goal just to be a little bit healthier
0: eat, so, no is that not at thing? all
1: like you
0: okay be closer to fitness then rather than be fitness be a little bit healthier be closer to fitness but even that's the premise that mm-hmm. i think my point still remains in that why do people feel they have to eat a certain thing or do a certain thing to you know fitness or be close to fitness or be a little bit healthier
1: um that's an interesting question I need to reflect for a moment rather than just answer
0: it I mean like I say I'm not blaming the person that's why I think I said about what is it in the fitness industry we're not doing right or what is it in society we're not doing right that makes people feel this way like they feel like they have to have broccoli
1: um probably Mm. it's uh, comparison springs to mind um it's that whole compare comparing yourself to or wanting what somebody else has got rather than accepting that what your you can have might be some slightly different fitness the fitness industry is there's very little push in the fitness industry on individuality it's like do this workout get these results whereas the results that one person gets from that workout might be very different to the results that another person gets so there's very little in like acknowledgement of individuality so I think it's you eat this you will look like this and I think that's why people think they need to do and eat certain do certain exercises for example and eat certain things Um, I think that's got a lot to do with it
0: mm yeah I definitely think there's something there's something to that as it, it's all kind of wrapped up in part of that diet culture and that expectation mm-hmm. of people, but it's just quite frustrating to read and obviously, like a lot of the comments in it were mixed around um some people obviously say like me like' well, find you know you don't have to eat broccoli you can find something else perhaps like there's nothing special about broccoli, so you know for green beans or you know any other vegetable basically um yeah. And obviously then other, some other people saying, well, you know, you should just eat it. And I guess like there is an element of me sometimes I think, well, it comes back to some sentiment that I've used with people before. And I think there is some validity to this, albeit I think the way it's accepted or the way it's kind of put across is key. But this kind of idea of not all foods have to be like favourite and some foods can purely be kind mm-hmm. of a function. So, you know, now, I don't eat broccoli and think. Wow, this broccoli is brilliant. I love this. This is the most amazing broccoli. Now, I might do if I had some, like, really nice, crunchy, tender stem, covered in butter, like you said, chili flakes or garlic or, you know, salt or, you know, whatever, not almonds. All those things make them taste amazing. But let's be honest, it's all the stuff that's Mm. making it taste amazing. The broccoli itself is not the most amazing thing in the world. Mm. Um, But a normal plain bit of, like, standard overcooked broccoli is pretty rough, let's be honest. Mush. uh, This mushy broccoli, yeah. However... If it's on my plate, I would still probably eat it because I'm like, it's quite yeah. good for me, so I'll just eat it. So there is there is an element of this idea of like, yeah, you could just say, look, just suck it up and eat it in in a, in a nice manner in terms of just just kind of putting across that some things are functional and as long as they don't make you sick and that you know you can you're almost neutral or tolerant of it. Is there a problem saying people should eat no, it? No, not at all.
1: And I actually think if we're um is our in our role as nutritionists. You should be encouraging variety so i always encourage my clients to try and try something new even if they if especially if you've been working together for a while oh i don't like broccoli okay well we're six months into our nutrition journey you've actually changed quite a lot of your habits so far maybe it might be worth trying it again you know why don't you try a tender sem mm-hmm. or a purple sprouting mm-hmm. or why don't you actually try putting it with a bit of salt and pepper and actually trying to encourage that variety I think can be a hmm. good thing because um yeah it's just really important that we get a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. So I don't think that's a bad thing and I don't think yeah, and especially if, if you know like we were talking about last week or week before when someone's got kids as well it's good for them kids to see them eat and try different things. Um yeah I I it's like someone doesn't have to deadlift no they don't but if they want to and they like it then it should be encouraged if they're doing it and they hate it do they have to deadlift no do they have to do a hip hinge movement probably you know probably because it is going to be beneficial to overall functional fitness so it's kind of the same principle in a way
0: Kind of, I suppose. If you replace, do you have to hit the hinge with? Do you at least have to eat a vegetable? Yeah, exactly. Pro- probably, it would probably be a good thing for you. Um, I think. I just, I think, perhaps, like reflecting on that feels a little bit like the reframing thing we spoke about. Actually, would also be useful yeah. in this scenario. It kind of almost like mm-hmm. the, the 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 positive message of reframing, um, and I, the idea that not all foods have to be kind of like the most amazing, enjoyable foods in the world, and actually, that some of your meals and some of the constituent parts of your meals can just be for function if you reframe that as an acceptable manner like in your own head in terms of yeah okay i don't enjoy this broccoli all that much um however it's good for me so i'll just eat it because it's on my plate and i'll enjoy the rest of the bits of it or you know i'll eat this meal knowing that i'm gonna have a far more enjoyable uh, meal later type thing i guess that reframing of it can be positive i guess it's obviously when you try and reframe something you absolutely despise in the base of like like kale I'm not going to reframe anything about this kale. because it's fucking shit. I quite like kale. But so, yeah. oh no, like if it's crispy and full of salt into like kale chip type stuff, I'm thinking, oh, it's quite Moorish. It's all right, this is. When it's like just boiled, steamed kale and like the stems as well and the stuff in the middle, so disgusting. What?
1: Any, I would argue, but anyway. Um, but again, it's how it's prepared, yeah. isn't it? So, you know, um, yeah, food for function versus food for enjoyment. You're not going to... it comes back to what we try and um, teach our clients about isn't it with our mindful practices around when we are consuming food and I say this to all my clients, when we start doing more mindfulness around what they're eating, you, I'd love to be able to sit down and enjoy every single meal with no distractions in front of me, with paying attention to my hunger and fullness cues, with a real awareness of what's on my plate, with, you know, tastes, smells, sights, sensations, textures in the mouth, like really allow 20 minutes to enjoy it. But unfortunately, like life is busy and I just don't. Sometimes I get to the end of a meal and I'm like, oh God, no, I haven't actually tasted that. And my clients are exactly the same. So some meals do and foods do have to serve a function especially if you've got um if you're trying to build some muscle and you're not used to eating that amount of food you're going to be chowing down food for most of the day that you might not even want to so that can be quite functional for example um mm. sometimes when you even when you're practicing your hunger and fullness cues there are times when you don't want when you should when it, it would be advisable to eat when you're not exactly hungry. Say, for example, if you know you're going to have a really, really large gap between the next meal because of whatever you're doing, it might be a good idea to eat something when you're not hungry. So it's, it's those kind of things. There's always going to be a functional element around food because, unfortunately, we need it to survive.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. But we, I think we're in a society nowadays, though, where it's almost an expectation that all food's going to be some sort of cordon bleu gourmet like best tasting meals ever otherwise they're not 100 i think
1: i I worked with a client once and she had a really really busy life really really busy job and would eat and would actively like it would stress her out thinking of what to cook for dinner because she'd convince. and there's quite a lot of people out there like this that convince us themselves that convenience was bad so putting so much pressure to cook a proper decent meal for herself in the evening which would take at least 45 minutes to an hour when she didn't actually have that time and then simple things just like flavored rice packets and frozen vegetables um and actually like flavoring food different ways meant that cooking then went from an hour to 20 minutes she could still have a meal she enjoyed it was probably more functional but it was still just as flavoursome. There's no pressure anymore to do mm. these things. Like you have to look at your lifestyle. I'd love to be able to give time mentally and physically to cooking a lovely meal every night, but it's just not possible.
0: No. Um what do you think of protein fats? Uh,
1: mine are rank. What about yours? I don't know. It depends what I've eaten. No. Depends what I've eaten.
0: See when when whenever I have suffered from um any, any ailment in that region um i wouldn't necessarily put it down to a a over-consumption of protein or like the, the where this came about is someone saying about their whey yeah. protein
1: um i think some people just buy into this narrative because maybe they have stinky farts and they're like oh it's my way without actually doing the research without actually doing it in more of a controlled setting
0: i i i agree I, and i think this is the premise or i think where my thoughts were coming from when i read this question um in that it was kind of a bit like oh you know i i have so much way that oh, my protein farts or my farts think really bad And I'm, i think to myself well i'm not sure you've there's this connection or definitive connection um certainly the way the question was read didn't make me think there was and that's like it almost like you've just said so mm. just assumed like oh, i ate eat a lot of protein or so therefore that's why my yeah. farts think and might not actually be connected. people
1: are very quick to jump on things like that rather than actually focusing on the fact of like maybe they've had a lot of fizzy drinks maybe they've had a lot of raw vegetables that day maybe they haven't done a lot of exercise so everything's just actually building up in the digestive tract it's like it, oh no i've just had a scoop of whey and that's got to be it i mean there is some evidence around this which is why people are very quick to jump on it. Um, oh, just everybody, oh, I'm going to get a bit aged again. Um, it's always just have to diagnose things, don't we? Oh, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. Unless it's like really, really unpleasant and it's giving you quite, you know, bad social problems. We all fart and sometimes they just smell. I mean, they do. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I don't really but know how do. to follow that. I- we all fart. It is is the, like, I do notice I've cut down on my protein bar consumption because my I do fart a lot more when I eat protein bars but it's not the protein in them that makes me fart it's the alcohols and the sugars because it's the sweeteners in them um in my opinion um so yeah cause I'm fine with wet there, I'm fine there's... with other protein sources so
0: yeah, I mean, there's there's um, there is significant evidence associating uh, polyols, yeah. sugar alcohols, with obviously the IBS type symptoms, which obviously includes oh, yeah. flatulence. So I, you know, I think it's a fair assumption to say that's probably the sugar alcohols and not necessarily mm-hmm. the protein content of the thing. Um, is this something yeah. that your clients this
1: are suffering is- with, then, mate?
0: No, no. This was again another. It's not, it's just, I was basically just trying to stroll down my feet, and there's going to be lots of interesting things that either get on my goat or just spark some thoughts, like the whole like make, making broccoli taste better type thing. I thought oh, I'll just I'll just remember making note of things and just have a conversation with mm-hmm. you about them because I thought it might be interesting. Do you suffer from to.
1: protein farms? Not no, all? I don't.
0: As I said, I don't I don't tend to suffer. Mm-hmm. No.
1: Do you? Is there anything that Very, gives you excessive flatulence?
0: Um. Not that I can recall specifically. Like, obviously, clearly, I've had periods where, like, oh, I feel a bit windy today. <laughs> Unlike Storm storm, Eustace, That It's not like it's, you know, that type of wind. <laughs> um, But I, I can't ever say, like, I've ever thought it must be mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. Like, I've never found a consistent kind of... Re- uh, or or a consistency in consuming something wind. So... <laughs> I've just not thought twice about it, to be honest, and just thought, oh, well, yeah, move on. Interesting. Um one other thing I thought interesting to talk about is because I think Johnny and I did an episode when the paper came out, um and actually the author now escapes me, but um our friends over at stronger mm. by science uh did a bit of a review on the uh, the energy compensation paper that was put out maybe a couple of months ago something like that, i think it might have been just before christmas I can't really remember um where i guess for those that don't know the premise of being that uh, when people do excess activity that and this kind of aligns in with i guess the like like the um herman ponser's work in the and in fact it probably was ponser so i think that was contributed to this one um but the idea that your body compensates when you when you put out extra um kind of excessive energy expenditure to remain like homeostatic so to basically stop mm. the dying of starvation i guess um it was interesting because i guess the the compensation model like the, the original paper suggested that like some people compensated like they it, i can't remember exactly um how all the, the studies were done because it was a, an amalgamation of a load of database um information so i guess obviously how did the, they work for the statistical stuff i can't really remember but um, they found that like some people compensated like loads to a point of like almost all compensation. So if you did like an extra 500 worth of calories exercise every day, like they had no extra energy expenditure. And obviously some people like didn't compensate at all. So it was really individually or into individual, um, which is an interesting because I guess you do see from a client perspective, and this is what me and Johnny talked about, is that you do see some people where their activity just kind of goes up and up and up. Or they perhaps, they, you know, they add some activity in, they see a bit of a reduction on the scale and then it just mm-hmm. stops again. And you're like, well, I keep thinking in my mind they should be losing weight and they're not. And I don't know why. So you kind of immediately say, oh, they must be overeating or whatever. And actually there could be something in reality that their bodies are starting to re- like overcompensate so much that they're just not really seeing much of a calorie deficit any longer. Um, the reason I want to bring it up because the guys this week on the Stronger Best Science podcast talked about how actually there's been another iteration of it and that they were shown that the... I guess I don't know if this, this was a question that was asked or whether it was just something that was like a, a, a proxy... Um, uh notification or you know they just recognized it as as a proxy but anyway basically they just said actually does energy status affect and I think actually they're now saying that actually and it does make sense in reflection as in like someone's energy states in terms of whether they're dieting or not might make a big difference of whether they compensate Mm -hmm. or not. Again, quite interesting I thought. I thought I wonder what your views are. But obviously I guess the idea is that if you're in a diet you're probably more likely to compensate more for like energy expenditure because obviously if you're already in a diet already in a deficit your body's probably, in theory, going to work harder to remain less in a deficit, so it will compensate more for the extra activity mm. you're doing. Whereas, if you're bulking, your body's probably going to be thinking, "I can, I can put up with losing, you know, 500 calories today on exercise because you know we're already in a surplus." So, the kind of the energy state of the individual will pro- potentially or probably make a difference in terms of how much compensation they see from their activity. So, which is a bit shit because obviously. For the people that really probably give a fuck about how much energy they're expending. What was that? No. Did you hear that? Sounded like a piano going off. Don't know what that was. Um, Anyway, what I was saying is, I guess the people that are dieting and actually the only people that probably really care about their energy expenditure. As in like, you know, if you're already doing cardio to lose weight, you're the ones that compensate the most, the ones that actually care about it the most. Yeah,
1: like and I, mean. I think the only people it would really matter for is people that are on quite low calories anyway, that their, energy, that their calorie requirements when they're in a deficit are quite low anyway. Um, well, yeah, that would be... They would be my thoughts. Um, I suppose it's just making someone aware of it, isn't it? Um, and I think... Yeah, I think I- when people when you're dieting people, when you're dieting someone down and they're getting to the last few weeks that they are obviously tired and it's just about that making them aware that you are going to have to work a little bit harder. Just be conscious that you are, your body is going to try and conserve a little bit more and um mm. try and keep your steps up. I know it's tough. I know it's tiring. I know you're hungry, Like they might not be hungry, but like, I know you just feel exhausted. Um And it, that, hits people in different times during the diet as well um and that's like like you just said though that's tough to manage as a coach because you're like you don't know why they might not be losing weight or if they're telling you the truth or um if they're in a deficit or if it is because they have just stopped doing a little bit more activity
0: Mm -hmm. i i think sometimes as well that if if you got to a point where you feel like that might be happening then having a break might actually be a good time. Perhaps that's why things like diet breaks are, are pretty useful because it might just start to help um reverse some of those compensation yeah. effects. You no, know, you know, again, not really a particularly evidence based answer. Um I,
1: it's not an evidence based answer, but it's a it's a experience based answer, for sure. You know, I I mm. when I first started working with clients I'd be very much reactive to the scales in terms of, right, once you once we see that plateau for like, you know, seven to 10 days, then we'll look to bring calories down again if that keeps happening. And I just waited for the scales to tell me what I needed to do or what what someone's body weight tell me what I needed to do with them. Now, thinking I take it a lot more holistically, let's say, and I take the individual as a whole, and even if they are still losing weight after six to seven to eight weeks, I will be like, right, we're going to factor in a diet break because even though it doesn't matter how much weight you've got to lose, mentally this just gets a little bit tough. um It's yeah, so it might not be evidence based, mm-hmm. mate, but it's definitely experience based.
0: I think I think anecdotally, I've seen in enough clients where you know you kind of reach that plateau of like, oh, just the weight's not really shifting now, and most of the time i've put it down to people overeating and just putting it down to the fact that they're just not adhering as much because it's like you said psychologically has got a bit tough now after doing it for so long and applying that like restrictive or dietary restraint like that cognitive dietary mm. restraint for so long um whereas and then you kind of do have a bit of a break and then obviously weight loss just naturally happens again or you know you might you might have a bit of a refeed and things you know weight loss kicks off again i've never really thought too much about why that is like I said I'll put it down to more a, a habit based or a, like a um, a behaviour based response rather than a kind of physiological response of oh perhaps actually there is some kind of like physiological mechanisms that happen in terms of energy compensation mm. that type of thing so um, yeah again I'd, I'd, I'd need to probably go through that paper properly and obviously I only heard the guys on the podcast talk about it but it is, I thought it was an interesting mm. thing to bring up yeah I
1: think the more forearmed you can make your clients or anyone that is going through a diet, the better. Um, but again, it depends on how invested they are in the process and in the results, and it depends on their individual journey. That's why it is such a nuanced thing taking somebody through a fat loss, fat loss phase. It, you know, yeah, it can be easy and it is just the principles of just eating less calories than you burn. But there's a lot more to it when you actually work with the individual.
0: There are indeed right. I imagine you're desperate to go and have a little sit down and perhaps. I'm sat down night. already, mate. So, I'm enjoying this. Well, I mean, I, I mean, like you know, a lounge out on the sofa. Perhaps put a little episode. Oh, I think
1: you're bored on. of me. Yeah. I was having a lovely time in this tiki bar that we've set up here. It's yeah. very nice,
0: actually. It's very, very nice yeah. little bar. Um, the sunset looks. looks no, it's
1: delightful. um, it's always a nice way to start my week really reminding reminding myself what I do for a living before we head back into the world of work on Monday chatting to you about training and nutrition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I used to be able to go away on long haul flights and sit on the beach until three AM drinking <laughs> the local tipple. <laughs> nah, <laughs> you know what?
1: Anytime anyone says to me do you miss it? I'm like, I do not miss be missing I do not miss missing out on three nights sleep a week you can never get that mm. back no no i'm absolutely
0: sure of that um well i'm sure there's some positives in terms of like you know getting to explore the world a bit and you know some cultures and seeing new things all those things but there's definitely a lot of negatives in that oh. type of job where you know the the shift work the restricted sleep and you know sleep even sleeping in different I'm places I'm
1: convinced and stuff. that it has knocked a couple of years off my life just from 13 years of actually being that sleep deprived um, and also there's like there's the whole effect of what's it done to my internal organs what's it done to my reproductive capabilities like if you really want to go into it like the radiation and the exposure and the shift work and the bad behavior and habit patterns of just being in that lifestyle it's it's not great it really isn't great and it's not just statistic
0: statistically speaking yes you are yeah. correcting that you will have knocked years yeah. off your life because there is a direct correlative association between life expectancy and it's
1: it's just, it makes me sad because the people who are doing those kind of jobs, like shift patterns, like you think like nurses, paramedic doctors and stuff, they're such vital jobs. Um, and they work so hard and it's just so, so damaging. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't miss it. But now this poor sleep I had last night was completely self inflicted. So I, you know, hey
0: ho! hey ho right if um thank you all for listening and thank you amy for the delightful conversation as always um if you all enjoy the show please uh, rate review subscribe and all that stuff if you really want to support the show please share with your network so do a little screenshot share it on your stories or you know post it on your facebook groups or, or your facebook feed whatever and um, that's the nicest thing you can it do for really, us, is keep getting yes, sharing the stuff. It really
1: is. The other nice thing you could do is share it on your socials as well. That's always really nice. Uh, did you say that? I'm sure you said that.
0: I think I, um, did think I just that? said that.
1: Did, did you yeah, fall asleep I just for a, a second? <laughs> I
0: think you did. <laughs> so um, there's one other thing I wanted to say as well. If you can just share it on your socials, that'd Brett, be really nice. Brett, that they um, should
1: share it on their socials?
0: No, I can't remember if I did or didn't. So we'll just better say it again. So share on your <laughs> socials, please. At least, if, at least if people don't get the comedy, like, um, they'll at least kind of have some sort of weird hypnotism yeah. thing that's just happened. They'll go. I'm pretty sure. I'm and when to they're on done
1: with the comedy next week, if they're here for the BJJ chat, then they'll be like, "Oh, I've tuned into the wrong podcast this week." So next week, you could get the BJJ chat back.
0: I wonder. I wonder if we could make a BJJ comedy oh, show. God, I, I, I have got a BJJ meme account that mm-hmm. I because I want to I wanted to, sh- I wanted to like, capture the name so and else could get it.
1: No, it uh, yeah, go on then. Jiu Jitsu I mean
0: as in as as in like Innuendo, Jiu Jitsu endu, right. And um It's and it started because of this. I think one of the first sets I went to or read me early on in my my BJJ career so there was a movie we were doing where you have to grab the lapel or collar of the gi and uh the bloke the blue belt i was training with said something like you want to go four knuckles <sighs> deep and it made me giggle so um and i've noticed every week there's always at least one kind of comment or saying comes out from the instructor or somewhere like that where you can obviously have a little giggity moment so i thought oh there's so many innuendos here and I thought I wonder there must be some like G- uh, BJJ innuendo type joke meme things about and there weren't many so I thought oh, I might I might steal that name and just back it down and I'll start making memes at one point and see if I can get some sort of viral account going then I'll probably sell it to the Russians so they can fuck up the US politics system but
1: wow I'm exhausted now after listening to that
0: <laughs> don't remember oh sorry not, not don't remember actually always remember Yours you have do to have four to knuckles, for deep.
1: knuckles deep I mean yeah, I'm, I'm here mate. for that <laughs>
0: I, I bet you are. Good job, Jack's got small hands. <laughs> you
1: have not met him.
0: Unbelievable. No, I'm sure Jack. Jack, obviously having seen images of Jack, I imagine he's probably got reasonable size average hands.
1: Size,
0: average, Okay.
1: Well, average size hands.
0: Yeah. I. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um. I feel sorry for you, basically. But yeah. On that note, I think we should Share it on your bye-bye. socials. Not. No. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> going too far right see you later bye thank you for listening to the nnn podcast if you enjoyed the show please help us by rating on your podcast provider sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people see you next week